Welcome back to another episode of Mind Matters Perspectives. This season aims at bringing you stories of individuals from across the world, from different walks of life, sharing their stories and their experience with mental health. We believe that there isn't one facet to mental health, and we are committed to representing all stories and all experiences. We believe in creating a space of inclusiveness where you feel seen, valid, and loved. A trigger warning before we begin: the discussions. that take place on this podcast are at times extremely intense we touch on topics of self harm suicide depression trauma abuse and a lot more so please take care when you listen to these episodes also most of these experiences are not from any certified professional we're just individuals sharing our stories so please do not count this as any form of professional help and if you need help please do seek it for more resources you can always check out the link tree in the bio of mind matters page you will find an extensive list for different countries and different forms of help that you could seek and without any more delay let's move into today's discussion joining us from india darshana thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us could you just introduce yourself your name what you're doing and where you're from my name is darshana and i'm currently doing my final year majoring in psychology criminology and sociology and i'm originally from kerala Thank you so much for taking the time to share your story with us. I'm I'm happy to be here. I'm glad. Um so let's get into it. Could you tell us a little about your own journey with mental health? Um so I think it was 7th grade when I was just scrolling through one of my um favorite YouTubers Lily Singh and she was known to be superwoman then. and i was just scrolling through some of her videos where she spoke about psychology and she was a psychology graduate and um that really intrigued me because i've always been somebody from a very young age who's wanted to know why i act the way i act or why certain emotions tend to trigger certain reactions out of me or my family or friends around or whatever whatever it may be and um that was when i came across the word psychology and since i think there's this thing when people say psychology it's very restricted to people thinking that it's only um like intense mental issues when i have to say if i have to use the word then it be in intense mental issues and people didn't understand that just very simple mental issues were also looked into and i think i got hooked on to that um the concept of understanding your mental illness basically understanding mind since the 7th grade obviously i was very tiny and i was very young to not understand the whole concept but um 5 years of fighting and um going through a lot of things i think that's how i came into the you know understanding of what mental illness was and why it was important and how it affected literally every single second of a human being's life and every decision they make if it's a good decision you know that there's a um good mental um you know health thing that backs it up but if there is a bad decision that's made or if there's a bad reaction then you know there's got to be a trigger point behind that so i think that's where it really started for me and a lot of things that obviously happened with me or uh, you know to me that started this whole journey for me thank you i mean uh, i i love the fact that you mentioned how every particular action has some sort of um an explanation and i think another thing what uh, i've always understood is uh, i feel like we need to understand that we don't have to reach rock bottom to actually seek out help and i think uh, taking that time to understand what triggers us and what sort of instigates a reaction from us could help us in the long run as well 
And I think one of the best ways to do that is to seek out professional help. I mean, we aren't any sort of specialist. We don't figure out, I mean, we know what's going on in our head, but we sometimes don't know why it's going on. And there are professionals that are trained for it. So thank you for mentioning that. And thank you because you're clearly dedicating your life and your education towards making this <laughs> practice easier for us. Um, so uh, again, uh, we, before we discussed, we got on this call, we had a bit of a discussion on this. And uh, this is something that you wanted to talk about. Uh, and that was self-harm. And um, again, if only if you're comfortable, would you share a little about your own personal journey with self-harm? Of course. Um, okay, so the whole concept of first i'd like to like throw this out which is the whole concept of self-harm to a lot of people is um you know the it's it's also known as attention seeking to a lot of people it is known as attention seeking to which i would like to put a full stop um it is not a term that i would say is um correctly used for self-harming it's not attention seeking of course it is probably a mechanism of the individual to sort of cry out for help because they can't do it um verbally because for a lot of people it's not easy to talk about their problems because we have never been told to we've always been told that we have to figure it out ourselves and you know it's not something that you need to get help obviously it's still a huge taboo wherever we are and um i feel like so I wanted to get that out of the way. So it is not an attention seeking behavior. I will not, I will not lie when I say that even I used to think it was one and I used to loathe myself and anybody else who did it because I thought that, wait, is it's the whole attention seeking thing. Why are we doing this? And I, I, I after a point of time was when I realized I was wrong at what I thought and I was wrong of what I was told because obviously from a young age when you're told that this this is the thing we obviously take that because we are not born into this world with the knowledge that is there we I feel like as a child when we come into this world we come into this world with zero knowledge we just we are we are just in plain reality the actual reality we take we take things as it is we don't put masalas on top of it. We don't put the ideologies on top of it. We don't put practices, religion, um, society, nothing. It's just, it's uh, it comes as it is to us. So as children, if you see, we never feared doing anything. So I think it's the idea that has been taught to us that it is fully attention-seeking behavior that obviously brought me to think that I was wrong or whoever did it was wrong, which I would obviously like to apologize to myself and anybody who I probably gave the notion that I felt it was wrong. And um, talking about self-harm, um, I've gone through a journey of bullying through my school, uh, through my um, education, whatever, since um, a very young age where I had a very a very close person to me who I thought was, you know, someone who I could rely on, um, which I obviously couldn't. And there were times when um, I think the whole point of that relationship was I should be stuck to her and nobody else. Like the, in, the individual didn't like the fact that, you know, I was with somebody else or I spoke to other friends or I had other friends or I did something. I needed to be in that controlled um, environment of that individual and I understand that now because of the fact that I knew that the individual was controlled at their respective home which is why they needed to find that control in others and I became the victim for that and obviously I wouldn't speak about it and I saw a lot of people self-harm around me and um, I used to hate I used to 
outright scream at them. I, I used to be like, this is not right. What are you doing? I used to always want to remain positive. But I think there was um, trigger points that, you know, you can't really let go of. So there were times when I completely lost my shit. And I, I used to think that, okay, maybe this was the right thing to do. Maybe hurting myself would be right. But I was wrong, obviously. But I ended up taking that decision, which wasn't such a great decision. But I remember to I remember to be in 10th grade the first time I decided to get a hold of like a, a razor in my hand or a blade in my hand and decide to um, first self-harm. Before that, it was very tiny acts, right? So self-harm to a lot of people, like I said, is also only um, slashing your skin, which is not true. Self-harm can be done by either, you know, the techniques of punching the wall or um, finding things that you can just throw at yourself that would basically just hurting yourself in any manner, whether it be physical or mental, you know, that way is enough to call it being self-harm or whatever. And I started this back in 10th grade where I found solace in um, just watching the if as psychotic as people would like to call it, as people would like to term it, I sort of liked seeing that blood on me because it sort of made me feel that the pain or the numbness that I felt inside sort of was there outside for me. Like when I focused, so when you focus on something else, you tend to forget the other thing, right? That's how our mind works. So um, with self-harm, it was that same thing for me. When I focused on harming myself, my attention was fully on the pain that that bought. And I thought that sort of, um, I don't know how to say this, that sort of avoided the pain that I had inside or what I was going through. And of course, today, again, like I said, I am at a point in my life where I realized that that's not the truth that um, that pain will never go unless and until I don't give attention to it. But at that point of time, I don't think my mind worked. And it went to extremes. And the thing is, I knew my parents sort of knew that I was doing it. But obviously, they, my parents are all new to this. Obviously, the last thing a parent would want to see is their own child hurting themselves. Most of the parents. Obviously, I can't speak for a huge um, part of the population. But... Um, so they didn't know how to react. So I remember them telling me that the scars would look ugly on me. So, you know, those were small, small triggers that would touch on your insecurities. And I would be like, so since it's already there, I'm anyways going to have an ugly body. So why not just do more? So it just kept increasing. And the thing is, what I find very funny, I probably shouldn't joke about it. But I mean, I went through it. It's my story. So I can speak the way I want to, I feel. So when I talk about it, what I find funny is the fact that even when we are in that um, state of wanting to self-harm, you know, that that conscious thought that, you know, you have to do it, you have to do it, I want to do it. Even then you are so conscious. I was so conscious about the fact that I had to do it in the same area that I used to do so that there are no more marks on my body so that people don't realize that I've been continuously doing it. So it's, it's, it's funny how you know you're not supposed to do it, but you figure out ways in how you can hide it. So it's, it's just basically you wanting to hurt yourself. It's, there's nothing more than that. You really can't blame others. At that point of time, I obviously blamed um, everyone around me for what I did, but I realized I, I couldn't really do that because I needed to figure out what was happening to me and I needed to fight against it. If I let it happen to me, then it's my choice. 
so that went on for about um, three, four years. I went around punching walls. I went around obviously harming myself. And I was a dancer. And I knew my legs were the most important things. And to feel pain, I used to self-harm on my legs. I used to cut slash on my legs because when I dance, I wanted to feel the pain. So that was sort of things that I did. Um, and I it went to an extent where I couldn't live without doing it every day I needed to find that solace and it used to be in the night time because I knew that I was alone and there weren't people there used to be times when I used to just sit in class and I used to have the scale in my hand and I used to be under the desk we used to have those desks that were covered and we used to have those um, shirts but obviously we wore jackets because you know that was cool and everything we wore jackets and stuff like that <laughs> and I knew that I could cover it easily up and I, I was prepared dude I had bandages I had stuff I knew I had to hide shit I was prepared and I had things in my obviously my friends were mad at me they would be like no don't do it what are you doing obviously when they caught me you know there was a lot of um, hangama that went around people tried keeping the sharp things away from me but for how long right I mean they can't come to my house and do it every time and I thought I stopped, but I was very wrong because I remember coming off to um, my saw after for my um, degree education, I mean, for my BA. And I, I remember going through that path again. And this time it was even more worse. This time it was just downright suicidal thoughts. I, I used to have suicidal thoughts. My room used to be connected to my balcony. And I used to remember going in the night and opening the door, almost, almost like just going into the balcony and just finishing things for me. But I'm glad to say there was something that stopped me. And um, obviously the self-harm and that night would increase. But I'm glad I chose to do that rather than just opening the door to the, I mean, you know, moving on to the balcony or whatever. So be it. And I've had thoughts and these are usually called, and I still have them. I'm not saying I don't, right? It's, it's a struggle. It's a struggle every day. But I realized um, the difference is at that time, it was genuinely, I wanted to do and I will do it. But this time I've realized the intensity and what it's called. It's called as intrusive thoughts, you know, like when you have certain sharp things, like what if I do this to myself? Or if there's somebody, if there's something in front of you, what if I do this to that? You know, so those are called intrusive thoughts. And the minute you're able to catch yourself with intrusive thoughts, the minute it stops, it slowly comes to a stop because you're so aware of how the thoughts come. I mean, obviously, these are knowledge that I've uh, accumulated over the years and I've learned every day and stuff like that. But with self-harm, it's been hard, man. It's, 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 it's still hard when I see certain things in front of me or when I see my marks. I do have that regret. I do feel bad for myself or sometimes I really loathe myself for having done that to my skin or to my body or whatever it be. But I, I don't know. I mean... There are days when I see something sharp and, I, and then there's that trigger point is like, what if I did it again? But I think that's the thing about self-harm, right? Over the time, you sort of learn to stay away from it. And I have learned to stay away from it. It's not easy, obviously. It's, it's like this whole de-addiction sort of a thing. There is a chance for relapse. But it's how much you're able to take yourself away from it. So yeah, it's been it's been hard. It's never been easy. The thoughts won't stop, but I've gotten a control over it over these years. Okay, I have a couple of things. Firstly, thank you for sharing that. I know it wasn't easy. Talking about these things is not easy. Talking about it on a platform for people to listen to, task on its own. 
so from the bottom of my heart thank you so much for sharing that with my listeners and i am so sorry for what you had to experience that pushed you to those points second thank you for mentioning the attention seeking aspect um this perception about self harm is so 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 fatal to the concept itself and it creates this narrative where it just puts more pressure and a different level of guilt on someone that's clearly mm-hmm. in pain and another thing that i realized uh, as you were speaking when you mentioned the intrusive thoughts and this this is just the thought that kind of like passed in my head just seeing you speak about all of it one thing that i noticed is one of the reasons at least what what my understanding of and like you mentioned it as well is is you've learned it over the past couple of years and i do believe that because of your choice of education because of the exposure that you have with your subjects it has without a doubt helped you understand your mind for sure for sure and i think this is exactly why we need to focus on tending to these kind of things from the grassroots educational levels and why we need to focus on even developing our emotional and our mental health in our academic years as well it shouldn't just be about the books and science and mathematics there are there's so much more to life we've been forced into this rat race where all we're taught is these are the skills that you need but to actually sustain a life where where at peace in our own heads these are things that we really really need to educate ourselves on and just oh, just really listening to you talk sure. about how you understood the intrusive thought recognizing them and then trying to take take notice of it and how it makes a difference i mean i wish this was something that i learned when i was growing up because i'm sure my my last last 8 years or so would be very different if i had and i had a very similar experience my my form of self harm was punching i i've punched walls because for me what it was is i just wanted to stop feeling the pain on the inside so i thought that maybe if i felt the pain on the outside it would mask it it would it would replace exactly. it something in that form i just i couldn't i wanted my head to shut up so i tried to put my body in pain i mean that was the that was the thought process that i went through but again i cannot thank you enough for being so candid about this and for bringing up that educational aspect i, I cannot stress how how important it could it is for us to like for focus sure. on these things from the grassroots levels um so just just a like uh, segue from there itself uh, how do you think your own mental health journey has affected your career choice i know you mentioned a little about lily singh mm-hmm. on that but uh, do you want to go a little more into that yeah sure um so again like i said obviously psychology was a choice back then but i knew it would be a hard tough race right like because with the taboo that works and obviously um 5 years or 7 years 6 years down the lane i mean before ago it was again a bigger taboo then obviously it's changed now and it's a lesser of a taboo not that less but yeah um but i think it was not just her right as i went through a lot of things 
and um 10th grade 11th and 12th i lost it i was like why what is it in my mind that is so strong enough to control the way i act enough to control the way i react what is it about me and my mind what is is it is it three is it two different things my body and my mind is it me is it three different things and um is everybody's reaction i used to see people be happy one minute and the next minute i just look back they're pissed some people are anxious but they look happy some people are happy but they're actually anxious you know that's okay that's pretty much the same thing but you get what i'm trying to say right yeah yeah I do, like I do. some like it's it's very confusing and i was confused for a long time and when i actually read up on the subject i was like okay this is why this is what it means like psychology is not just um extreme intense mental illness dealing with that it's it's basically just in very simple words it's just dealing with your thoughts dealing with your head dealing with your mind understanding that you can't just separate all of these i've spoken about this before these are not things that you can separate it's all one you have to look at it as one whole thing first and then learn to go with step by step if you decide to already segregate them then you're going to be confused because everything is connected your body is if physically if you're sick know that mentally you are sick and if mentally you are sick like i said physically you are going to be sick that's that is the end of it you nobody can change this in me like this this um you know this uh, statement that i've said because it's it's very true because your thoughts have such a strong influence on your body and i myself was amazed to sort of figure that out in those 5 6 years and i was like i want to help people understand that it's not always everybody the surroundings fault it's not really their fault it's just that we have been conditioned to think certain manner in a certain manner and again i've also spoken about this where i've said that trauma is something that is passed on sometimes sometimes if we sit and think as to why did i experience this you're not going to receive an answer of an experience that you have gone through if something has triggered me and i'm like dude there's nothing that has happened to me for the reason that i should act this way and that is when i remember that there are things that my parents have gone through that might be the reason that i mean if they can give me um through dna every single thing of issues or um the way i speak the way i act the way i look then the way i think is also got to be affected by the dna that is in me obviously there's a lot of scientific proving and stuff that needs to be done but the basic understanding that your ancestral um uh, you know this thing has an effect on the way you are or the way you think is the truth and i realized that trauma has been passed you know even a lot of best experiences have been passed and not saying it's not but mostly obviously we humans have the tendency to slide towards the negative things or you know the negative aspects of a lot of things and um i feel like so trauma is past so to understand that i was like i want to help people understand that you know it's not something that is completely your fault but if you need to understand it you need to stop forcing uh, yourself to believe that everybody around you is wrong there is something in you that you need to sort of pick out and understand in order for you to be able to understand others the minute you start understanding yourself everybody around you just becomes um, normal human beings with issues that's the thing right we i agree that we humans do a lot of shit okay we do a lot of shit we make a lot of mistakes but at the end of the day humans are really they're actually beautiful 
you know organisms they're actually very beautiful species i mean look at the things your body can do dude look at the way your mind can work nothing is faster actually than your mind if you have a hold of your mind it's just so beautifully creative so beautifully strong but how do we get there you know and being able uh, like you mentioned you know educationally i feel like i want to bring that change where i feel like every single sec- second standard or from third standard like how they've told us maths um, and science you know it's maths is important to understand i don't know the length of my door um physics is important i don't know okay science is important to understand your environment dude if this door wouldn't be there this environment wouldn't this environment bought us so if you don't understand yourself how are you going to understand how things around you work you know very true like every time next generation adult or whatever so to sort of understand that i feel like every child should go through that um, you know edu- um, educational aspect of learning how a mind works So I think the whole thought process of that really put my career into my head where I was like there's nothing I want to do more than having to understand my own self helping others understand them and finding ways in which I can do I don't just want to focus on one way as to how I can help people like it'll be boring okay I mean let's be real we just have like one certain thing playing it's going to be boring but if I have a variety of things I can reach more people you know there are people who would rather choose one than rather choose than choose two and when i have both the options i have both the kind of people coming to me and i have the um, opportunity to help both kind of the people so i think that really put my career into perspective for me and that was such a lovely journey to like just witness right now it was so so well put thank you for sharing that and uh, i like that uh, how focusing on what's inside and it's so important like recognizing what your emotions are and and uh, for this uh, there's this perception that you're supposed to there's there's a good feeling there's a bad feeling you're right there's wrong and um, it's funny actually uh, just today i was i was reading this book um untamed by glennon doyle um a recommendation from someone i uh, interviewed actually and quite honestly a life changing book uh i i remember this uh, in this paragraph kind of like it stuck with me it said uh, all feelings are meant to be felt for some reason we we've, we've been conditioned ourselves we've conditioned ourselves that you need to feel happy but you shouldn't feel pain you shouldn't feel sadness you should hide those emotions you should try to overcome those emotions at all times it's wrong not, to feel that it's it's exactly the the perception is that those are the emotions yeah, that you exactly. shouldn't feel the only emotion yeah. that you should feel is happy and i i i'm guilty of it too i mean constantly when i'm in a sad uh, if i'm in a sad episode the first thing i try to do is like what do i do to make myself feel better what do i do to make myself feel happy yeah. and i think uh, i'm i'm trying my best to like understand that it's okay to feel all feelings in fact it's important that we feel all feelings it's a spectrum emotions are a spectrum and we have to stop isolating and sort of focusing that this is the only emotion that you're supposed to feel and uh, yeah i mean i just when you mentioned the uh, concept of right and wrong it just sort of immediately struck back in my head and i've been yeah. honestly i've been thinking about that paragraph for the entire day exactly because we never question ourselves you know when we're sad we don't when we're happy we question ourselves we're like oh what experience made me so happy but we don't question ourselves when we are sad why 
if you want answers if you the thing is the minute you figure out why you're sad it's so small it's going to be it's it might be huge also but you'll realize that the weightage of that is not that big that you can't push it away mm. you know whether it be the biggest you know um, tragedy that has happened the weightage of it the understanding because you're able to peel layers out you have to peel layers out right like you can't just eat a banana like that for heaven's sake i'm giving the weirdest example out here but you have to peel the layers out to to enjoy what it is so i feel like you have to enjoy every single emotions if you you know it's a very um, how do i say this? this is a very cliche line that people have used but i will stick on to it the most you are not going to understand how what feeling at peace with yourself is if you do not understand what feeling disturbed is like how are you supposed like it's it's how are you supposed to differentiate between salt and sugar if you don't understand one concept true so you can't expect to reach your highest level of happiness if you have never touched the rock bottom if you've never let that rock bottom get to you when you experience it you learn it and it never stops from one spiral to the next spiral you keep jumping and that's not that's not a bad thing actually because with those spirals you have so much that, that you learn it's honestly an experience of the lifetime sort of a thing this sort of uh, brings back a quote for me um ironically it's from a random tv show uh, but it really stuck with me uh if i it went somewhere on the lines like life is both beautiful and terrible but if you're only living the beautiful you're not living life at all and i think that was a very uh, very well very said it was very well articulated it sort of just encapsulated what life is because your life is never <laughs> going to always be sunshine and rainbows that's just not how reality works you could be you could have everything in the world and you could still have a bad day and that's okay and i think it's so important that we recognize this we're, we're all in this constant race of trying to find i don't know find happiness i know happiness. that a lot of people are chasing happiness but i don't when know when it's actually like, right there i i at least with my my personal journey is i've understood that happiness isn't the only thing that i need to chase i need to understand a balance of emotions what i need to do is understand how to feel all feelings and i think that's what i would i would define as as where i want to be in life or where what i want to achieve in life understanding how to feel all yeah. feelings I feel like the day that we uh, as humans are able to just be just be present even if we are sad even if we are happy and not get attached to the feeling right like I don't want to be attached to the how happiness feels I don't want to be attached to how sadness feels I don't want to be attached to how anxiety feels like just being so unattached to the feelings but understanding that they are emotions they are just emotions they don't really describe your form you know your physical form or your spiritual form or whatever form you want to call it as you know uh, whatever forms that are there none of this should be defined by the emotions just understand that there is an emotion there are there, there, there's bunch of emotions out there and that's just that's the high, that is i think the highest point of balance where you know that emotions are there and then there's you just understanding Absolutely. that two things beautifully said Um okay so something that's very personal to you is art and like you mentioned you're a dancer um could you talk a little about how you used art to navigate your emotions because i think it's a beautiful outlet 
of how to like sort of figure out things that are going on in our head. I know that I've told to art a lot. I'd love to hear your experience with it as well. Yeah, sure. So, um, how do I, I don't know how to very um, well put this or anything, but I feel like, so I'm a dancer. So for me, dance is the first form of art that is very important to me, obviously for others, it's a lot of other things. But for me, I think when it's dance, it's almost like I find balance with emotions where I can, if, if, if you give me a song and I have to like um, balance out my emotions, I can put out emotions there, right? So like if, if it's sadness first, then I can just ex- explain sadness. And the beauty about dance is no two people expresses the same form of sadness. If there is 500 dancers or if there's 500 artists, each artist, if it's just one feeling, um, okay, it's the feeling of going through a breakup, all right? And if there's 500 artists in a room, each and every artist will have a way of, portraying that breakup even if it's the exact same story of a breakup it is shown so differently that you would wonder how can there be 500 ways of breakup that's going on how is there 500 emotions that goes on so that's the thing about art right you are so it's it's something that's so free you know it's it's sort of this escape for me it was my escape and um for me like when I went through a lot of things I like I like to like um sort of dodge my emotions through dance because when when I'm dancing nobody questions nobody questions the emotions nobody questions if I'm crying while dancing nobody questions if I scream while dancing nobody questions if I hit the damn floor when I'm dancing you know so I could put out my emotions freely without being questioned so it's it's a form of escape you know it's it's like um you know how people say you go down the spiral and as you go down the spiral, it's it's so hard to sort of control yourself in that spiral or else you get lost in it. But to find art in that spiral, to sort of glide through that spiral, that's what art has been for me. Like, even if I'm going down the spiral, I go down with it, just gliding through it. Because, um, you know, I take my art with me and I'm able to like put out something even more beautiful and even more creative. And then seeing that creativity, I understand why I acted that way or why what it may look like. And then questions, questions arise. And then I look for answers. And as I look for answers, those answers become the steps to me to climb out of a spiral and probably fall into another one. But I'm climbing out of this one. So, you know, art has been so strong for me that way. Writing is an, the second best thing that's come to me. I love, I absolutely love writing. So when I write, one thing about me is I, 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 if you give me a topic, I, I write. I can write. But I like my writings to be very personal to me. Like I want it to be experiences that I felt. I don't want to just randomly sit and write of what others may have experienced. It's just not my form or style of doing it. Same way when it comes to dance. You know, I, I try. I try my best to like sort of. Um, you know, cast, uh, capture stories and stuff like that. But I will always like to put my essence and my understanding to that. And it's always been about body and understanding your body, understanding the sacredness of your body or understanding just how powerful you can be the minute you are aligned with your body, the minute you are aligned, everything is just aligned and in balance. The minute you've kept things aside, the minute you've kept your ideologies, your beliefs you know, obviously I'm still full and filled with beliefs that I have when suddenly something comes, there's a certain judgment that passes through me. And, you know, being able to 
sort of understand why I, you know, made that judgment and being able to catch myself before I go even deeper into that judgment. Art has helped me through, you know, through all of that somehow or the other. Because while dancing, when I think of stories that I should be, I think of the stereotypical story and then I'm like, why? Why was it that the story went this way? Why could it not go this way? Why was it that a song was only meant to be um, portrayed this in this manner? Why couldn't be? Why couldn't it be portrayed the other manner? So I take the risk of portraying it the other manner, and then I realize that okay, that was just me. That was just me stuck in a certain ideology or belief. So the minute I let go of that belief, I was being I was able to bring out so many more different ways as to how I can look into something. So many other beautiful ways, perspectives, if you like to, you know, the perfect term for it. <laughs> so many different perspectives to look into it. So I think art has been very strong that way. And I think I want to bring that into my career because I feel like a lot of people can let go through art. And that's one thing I want to bring in, you know, even when I talk about psychology, bringing dance and psychology together or having to bring art, drawing, you know, art, artistic skills into psychology, bringing music into it. Just bringing basically art into psychology is just so thrilling. It's just so it's just so beautiful to sort of understand. So yes, yeah, yes I think art. Absolutely everything you just said. <laughs> I, think, I think art and it's it's the world of its own and it's got this sort of it's got a power that sort of just anchors a human being when you really need that sort of grounding. I mean, yes. At least that's what it is for me. And to be very honest, Mind Matters is just an art. It's a byproduct of art. I started off writing mm -hmm. a blog. And yeah. it was, was an attempt of me just writing down my emotions. And when I started to write, it, it sometimes it came out in the form of poetry. Sometimes it came out in the form of prose. And it sort of just began from there. And it sort of built on to that. And then eventually I decided that I want to make it a conversation. How do I make it a conversation? Let's try to do it as a podcast. And podcast. through the form of like art itself, I've connected with so many people and I've, I've been so blessed to have conversations about how art and mental health is, have this sort of, they coexist in my opinion. I mean, they really do. Whether, uh, and it's not just, I don't think it's just my opinion because I've had conversations with therapists also that, and uh, a lot of them use um this particular, I, I mean, I know a lot of uh, therapists that one of the first things that they suggest is journaling and quite that's yes. basically writing, like writing down your emotions. And then you, you will hear different musicians. They put in their own stories into their music dance. Like you mentioned, it's, it's personal experiences that they draw from when they perform mm -hmm. and it's, it's truly yeah. like this, they, they coexist and, and it's just this, it's an anchor that I think exists in this world that helps you keep you sane and, and, and pay. So I absolutely loved everything that you said. And I love the idea that you want to incorporate all forms of art in your practice future in life. And I think it's, mm -hmm. it's, it's going to be extremely, extremely beneficial. I find art like this safe space where um, I can find myself not getting drawn into my episodes and my spirals but I can still feel mm -hmm. like I, I use uh, like one of the main ways that I sort of like delve into my emotions is I make sure music is playing and that rhythm helps me keep myself at bay I mean again it's just my opinion like for me at least art is a safe space where it helps me feel my feelings uh, again coming back to that but at mm -hmm. the same time 
helps me feel my feelings without sort of like falling into a ditch that I cannot seem to get out on my own. So I love that you want to incorporate art into everything. I, it's a, yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm a big, big supporter of it. <laughs> Thank you. I mean, yeah, it's it's almost like stripping yourself uh, of all of the, um, you know, all of that has been put into you. Like, you know, I, um, you know, one of the daily day activities, um, if you do have a shower every day, uh, like everybody, whoever, whoever's listening, if you all have a shower every day, it's one of the daily day activities that everybody is a little more calmer during. Like everybody just, there's, there's one part of them that obviously... Uh, before going into shower or the things that you do after the shower is hectic like you have to wear your clothes and stuff like that but like during that point of shower you know know, when you're showering it's just you're just or you're bathing you're just so calm right because you feel like the water just washes away all of your stress and I feel like um, and I feel like that way when that you know uh, when that is the exact thing that art does to you like the clothes are basically your ideologies or your, um, you know, um, your strict way of thinking, your um, stereotypical thinking and your, um, you know, all of those things. Like uh, your um, stories that you've built around certain things that you don't want to nudge away from. And art sort of strips you away, away from it. Just the way that water just calms you down and just lets you let go of it. I feel like art does that. Like it just sort of lets you just let go of it in a more, um, yeah, in a more uh, manner of not how having a shower is, but yeah. (laughs) No, but I get what you mean. And I completely agree. Um, So coming a little bit the concept of therapy, um, Mm -hmm. how has your experience been with it? It's been beautiful, honestly. I mean, the whole idea of therapy um, didn't obviously sit well with a lot of people back in the days. And, um, you know, when I did mention it to my parents, they were shocked at first. They were like, um, and I won't, I I wouldn't question them about it because I remember being in the hospital. I got hospitalized and that's when I knew that like this was again getting hospitalized I, I got hospitalized multiple times so this time when I got hospitalized I was like yeah this is not happening this is my mind telling me like you need to go get help so um, when I sort of realized that I was like okay um, I spoke to them and that was when the doctor came and he's like what course do you do and I said psychology and he looked at me and he laughed him his colleague and another nurse, they blatantly looked at my face and they laughed at me. And I remember this this feeling of just complete deject, you know, just being dejected and just being so hurt. And I just wanted to, I don't know what I wanted to do. I wanted to run out of the hospital. I wanted to do so many things to myself. I wanted to just not be alive at that point of time because it, that laughing was, that, that, that laughter was just so mocking, you know at my face it's and then I realized that I can't blame them it's a taboo that's in our society that a psychology student shouldn't go to a therapist but that's where everybody is wrong right if we need to help you understand your mind obviously there needs to be some form of help to us to understand our mind so I think that was when I was like you know yeah so I was like that that was when I realized take help or, or just go to somebody and speak about it and I think, so the thing about therapy is it, it uh, when, after I've been learning the subject, it sort of helps a little more, you know, having knowledge about the subject. 
the thing about the thing about therapy is when so that 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 was a point of time that i realized i needed to get help and that it wasn't it wasn't wrong at first i thought it was wrong and i was like wait should i get help again i waited for another 6 7 months and i had another breakdown and i was like yeah this is the time i need to get help and i remember telling it to my parents so they were shocked they were like what are you saying but then again i feel like over the years they've understood my subject and the way it works that they they were that they were supportive about it and i remember going in there and i remember the thing is i understand the subject a little more better because i obviously am a student of psychology so that was an advantage for me i will not lie but um i feel like when um the thing is when you know you know right you know why you th- you know that it's not right to think that way you know it's not the truth you know it's not the reality but you don't know how to apply that thought to yourself you don't know how to apply that optimistic way of thinking you do not know how to apply of understanding that being pessimistic sometimes is not wrong you you do not know how to apply that you don't have to hate yourself for thinking negative thoughts you're human you know it's the the whole journey of being a human in its most raw form is to basically understanding yourself there is nothing more than that and um i feel like therapy helped understand that you know where i was like why what do i do and you know obviously the therapist helped me she you know she gave me ways and like how i could help myself she gave me exercises she spoke to me and i feel like one good thing was i was ready to speak a lot of people aren't ready to speak so it's an even more hectic journey you know and but i realized how much of a strong taboo it is when my parents were a little off on on the off side on telling others that their daughter went to therapy because people would question them as to if your daughter is doing psychology why bother going to therapy or therapy oh and then the next thing you know my i don't know paternal aunt who's like i haven't i didn't even realize is alive for the past 35 years knows that i'm taking therapy <laughs> like i don't like i don't understand the whole concept of it right um and then they they come and they're like oh so you're not just saying so that that taboo of just therapy te- therapy not being good like i remember my grandmom knowing that i had panic attacks during one of my cousin's wedding my pe- mom got back here and she called her and told that yeah she had some issues you know that's why um and she was like oh my god is she okay that this i'm like and the thing is they think it's something physical they think that i have um, i don't know some lung issue or something when you talk about panic attacks that you can't breathe or she has issues with lungs can't you like take her to what what is a lung doctor called i don't know but yeah take her to a lung doctor where the whole thing is no it's my mind and then the minute you say mind there's this term in malayalam that they use very very often which is prand which um in which loosely translated to being mad or being crazy you know in inverted commas it's people can't see me do that but yeah that's that's what it means to a lot of people and uh, i think that was where i felt even more anxious if what will happen if people come to know that i'm taking therapy but then i realized that is that restrictive thought that i have that is what restricts me from going further in my life that thought that people will you know what people will say that restricts me from my career that restricts me from being the better version of myself every day and obviously the change comes from home right so i had to sit with my parents and tell them that it's okay if you want to go say that your daughter is taking therapy and the first question my mom asked was 
wouldn't you feel bad if somebody came and asked me and that was when i told her no i'd feel proud i'd feel proud to say that yes i'm taking help why because i want to see myself you know flourish i want to see myself be the best version of myself so i think therapy's done that to me and you know therapy just made me like understand that it's okay to have bad days there were prev- there was this previous version of me where even though i knew that you know it was okay to have bad days i didn't know how to apply it to me you know I, like i remember yesterday i just had so much to do but i just wasn't feeling up to it and i didn't do things and for the first time there are obviously like day before yesterday i bet myself up i'm like why aren't you doing it why aren't you doing but yesterday i was like it's okay it's okay like you're feeling low okay it's fine that sort of a thing so therapy slowly brings that change it's obviously a very slow change there's going to be relapse into where you're going to go to the step 1 again but that's the thing right the reason that you go back to step 1 is because there's something that you missed like obviously when you're dancing the reason that you forget a certain step is because your body is not accustomed there's something just your body is not just accustomed to that step there's something you're missing out of that step which is why your body's t- body's standing you know it tends to forget that step it's the same way you know if you're going back to step 1 there is a reason it's because you've forgotten to understand something so embrace it go back to step 1 go back to step 1 a thousand times you might not reach the last step ever in your life it's it's the hard truth as it is it's the reality you know and by last step i mean how they term it as nirvana or whatever you know but there are steps in between which is so helpful for yourself which you can use if you go back to step 1 you know that you reach step 7 you can reach step 8 so you know it it's sort of that thing so therapy's done that to me and i would say that anybody who feels like they need to take therapy should go like i understand there is family obligations there are um there is the society i want to say f the society but i can't because there again whereas i speak of reality our thoughts our way of acting our way of um, speaking is influenced by it whether you like to accept it or not there is a part of us that thinks what will they think there is a part of us and the more you accept it the more you sort of let go of that thought the more you accept that you do think that way that you do have stereotypical things that yes you do judge the more you're able to catch yourself before doing it so i feel like also i feel like the thing about therapy is a lot of arguments have decreased in my life because even before that stage of it reaches that stage of you know heightened arguments and stuff like that there is that part of my body where it knows that don't speak when you're angry take time to yourself you don't have to lash out and make comebacks as they like to call or be a savage as you have to be throughout your life you don't have to do that because sometimes the most the most most um is savage is the word i don't know but savage thing to do is walk away and take time to yourself and look at that situation from a different perspective so if there's two if there's you and another person step out of yourself and look at yourself and the other person that really helps you know when people say look at the other's point of view i do not agree with it because i feel like even because if you start looking at only other's point of view that's where people pleasing comes to be an issue so rather than that why don't you just step out of both the zones and look at both the point of views then you'll be able to catch out what that small line is that connects both of the arguments or whatever 
and then you're able to speak about it and it is not necessary also another thing is therapy has taught me that it is not necessary that the person has to think the way you do it is not necessary that even after a conversation even after 10000 conversations they're going to think like you because they have a rigid form of things that is made by them it is their choice to let go of it it is not your job it is not your choice to make them let go of it your choice and your um duty as you'd like to call it is letting go of your rigidity not others and i think as you realize that it's all you right like when you have to enforce things on somebody when you you're like why that person has to think like this that person has to do like this that person has to um repeat or that person has to understand where i'm coming from that's the thing it's it's you that wants it it's not them it's all about you so the minute you start understanding it you realize that okay this is the way i think i can't expect them to be that way and it's my own thing why give my own thing to somebody else let them have their own thing let them make it for themselves it i think totally that's what i make uh, understanding yourself honestly yes and i yes. think that is something that we really need to do quite honestly for like sure. understanding who we are is only how we can actually continue to to grow sure. i mean i've i've always believed there are things that you'll have to unlearn in life there are new things that you'll have to learn and this is one form of understanding and acknowledging what those things are and honestly the restrictions that you mentioned that abu and the only way we can sort of like overcome that is when we have candid conversations about it like just like what you are doing right now so this this conversation alone i'm sure will at least spark the thought in at least one person who's listening that okay i mean what's wrong with asking for help this idea that asking for help makes us feel weak i want to break it because if anything asking for help when you know you can't do it yourself is a sign of strength yeah not weakness yes. so i feel like so candid about everything no problem i feel like um i can shamelessly say and i can make i i would also give others the chance to shamelessly say that she was a she's a psychology student and she decided to take help so why not me so you know shamelessly say it if you have to even if it that's a taboo i genuinely don't mind if it means that you can get help because that's the thing right like me being a psychology student doesn't mean that i had to understand my brain so if i have taken the choice of getting help why can't you that's the thing um to any listeners out there right now um if this particular conversation or any of the conversations we've had on this episode or any previous episode has sparked the thought of like you know what you want to get help and sometimes for at least a survey that i conducted showed that there are two reasons why we don't tend to get help one is obviously the taboo and this lack of knowledge about what it is that we're supposed to do and another thing is resources now mind matters is working on both fronts and we are hoping to get you a better solution soon but till then um mind matters has consolidated a very comprehensive list of resources organizations that are working with different communities for different reasons all over the world in a country based format and you will find this particular database in the um link in the mind matters page and if this is information that you think you could use or you think someone else could require it please go ahead and share it the idea is we want to give every possible stepping stone towards getting that help 
Um, so yeah, and uh, thank you, Darshana, for sharing your experience with therapy. I mean, it was definitely, definitely helpful. Um, just before we wind up, uh, I wanted to talk a little about your organization and your little initiative that you have going. Um, and kind of just like tell us what it is, what you want to do with it, and basically what your attempt is at bringing about this conversation. So before I say that, I do want to say, um, I really do want to thank you for having this platform, honestly, because I feel like not a lot of people, every, everyone has ideas very less take initiative and when I do see people like you take initiative it's honestly very beautiful that you come out and you want to help people and you want to have conversations so I genuinely genuinely want to thank you for that and thank you for having me it genuinely feels good um, and speaking about uh, my little organization like you've uh, termed it as it's called Honest Days with Darshna I have a blog as well as a podcast and it's it's basically like journaling, right? It's basically me just writing down or journaling down or speaking about my, my emotions, my thought processes, my way of thinking and how it is and why that possibly may happen and what is the realizations that I've come up with. And I feel like the more that I put out there, the more raw I become, people become less, um, you know, less, uh, how do I say this? Yeah, people feel a little more free people feel free to talk about it. People are like, okay, you know what? That's actually relatable. This, I felt it too. And I, I can, um, you know, understand people's perspective on it, others' perspective on it. So when I talk about my blog, it's basically very just experiences or thoughts that has come into my head. And I'm like, this is this, this is this, this is this. And I felt all of this in my life and all of that. And when it comes to the podcast, it's just me speaking and, um, you know, sort of like talking about um, again experiences itself but in a more verbal manner that makes it more informal if I have to be and you know then people are like she's talking about it so coolly you know talking about issues like it's normal just making things normal and I think my ultimate aim is very similar to yours to making mental health understanding mental health speaking about your mind normal as it is it, it needs to be a daily conversation in every household and I will strive till I make it a daily conversation most of the households and I think the starting of that is my household and I work on it every day where I say it is okay even if you're bloody 60 years old talk to me about your feelings talk to me about your 60 years of your feelings it doesn't matter take time and understand it I think that's what honest days with Ashna speaks about and I want people to you know I I would like to reach out to people I would like people to come and reach out to me and be like um you know what this is what I feel and I want to talk about it sure you want to talk about it come talk about it with me I, I genuinely don't mind I don't care from where you come from what you are or who you are or whatever or if you've done something really wrong in your life and you want to talk about it go ahead talk about it because there's always a reason behind what you do and I want to I want to be that open with everybody just the aspect of just understanding your mental health. So, yeah, I absolutely so love that. I mean, the idea of this season also sharing stories and sharing experiences. The more we have these conversations, it sort of like puts it into people's head. Like this is a normal thing. I mean, everybody goes through something or the other. And I think a lot of times what people don't realize is they have these emotions, mm -hmm. they have these feelings and they just don't know that there's a term for it. Mm -hmm. And they sort of like, they're taken aback saying that no that's not that's not it that's that's not yeah i can't possibly have that but 
the reality is everyone can experience these emotions and they can experience all of these things and um, as much as we can have these conversations we sort of normalize it i mean it's as common as a cold yeah and quite and, and the only way, the only way we can sort of create that perception about or other bring light to the actual reality of what that perception should be is if we have these conversations so i absolutely yeah. love what you're doing with your organization and Thank i will you. make sure to link every um your podcast and your uh, social medias to this particular release as well um guys please Thank i mean you. guys girls everyone uh, in whichever form you identify please do <laughs> check it out Um, thank you yeah. um so uh before we wind up is there any final thoughts or words that you want to leave with the listeners any advice or questions mm. or just anything that you want to mm. let them sit with um i think i'll just say that um, i don't know man just uh, if you really feel like you need to get help please go ahead and get help and know that and please know that speaking to people who might who you feel that you know gives you the best advice is gives you the best thing that is not help that is not help get professional help and please understand that being sad is not what depression is i feel like i have to put it out there depression is not just feeling sad or if you have and people say i've had depression for a long time you can have episodic depression which is different different from long term depression and you can also be someone who has a personality disorder which depression is a small part of which feeling low is a small part of it is not entirely major or um, you know um mild or moderate or whatever depression so i feel like if you need to understand that you can't go around talking to people who might be like oh my god i think i feel like you are going through depression or i feel like you just um you know you you might be um i don't know bipolar you know no understand what it is and if you have to understand please do not google about it that's the first thing i'll say google is great okay if you want information for your damn assignments use it don't use it for your mental health you want to get you want to get into yoga you want to get into meditation go ahead google it there's a bunch of wonderful people that you can find instagram it there's a one bunch of wonderful people that can help you but it's all steps it everything adds up therapy has to be one of the steps of it you have yoga you have meditation you have um, reading books of people you have following other people but take help from professional like seek uh, seek help from professionals if you really want to know what's wrong with you but also know that when you sit there it's not necessary that the first three sessions has to go great and also know that one professional doesn't have to be the right one for you you might have to jump at least five professionals Yeah, sometimes sort it's of, really uh, trial and error till you find the right fit. Yeah, exactly. So uh, to understand that is very important, and I feel like yeah, I feel like that's what I want to say. That was lovely. Uh, thank you so much again for taking the time out to speak with me and for sharing your thank story. You. And this was a lovely conversation for me. I genuinely had such. It was very educative, and also, again, I mean that's the point, right? We just wanted to have. to normalize it and having conversations is what it is and again mind matters is very very grateful that you took out the time to talk to us today thank you for having me thank you and that was another episode of mind matters perspectives tune back next week for another one love and light to all